get, get your professionals nailed down. So make sure you have an accountant, make sure you have a business attorney, um, like in your, like you have their card, you've talked to them at least once briefly because you don't know what, uh, difficulties are going to come up both financially or legally when you're growing your business. And if you don't have a trusted advisor to go to, and I'd say the third person would be to get a a coach or a business advisor um, to lean on when those questions come up, because not having, um, you know, not having someone who's been there, who understands which red flags to look for, or, you know, which hurdles you need to get around or how to get around them uh, can be very difficult. Hopefully you don't need to use them or you don't need to call them right away or very often, but, um, but having those trusted professionals, um, you know, just a phone call away, really important. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast. Heather Bennett and uh, Heather started their journey um, studying biology and English at Case Western University and uh, found that she loved uh, doing research in the labs. Um, and then after that, worked in uh, at Unilever uh, studying uh, different uh, skins and skin types and whatnot, and uh, then decided to go back and get her MBA at the University of Illinois and uh, then worked for a consumer packaging goods uh, in, in the consumer packaging goods industry and worked with companies like Walmart and Costco and others. Um, found that she loved working with the end uh, customers and end users and uh, left corporate, went into con- er, into consulting and coaching full-time, which is where she's at today. So with that mm-hmm. much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Heather. Hi, it's nice to be here, Devin. Well, excited to have you on. So so I just gave uh, the condensed version to a much longer journey. So why don't uh, we re- rewind and unpack that a bit and tell us a little bit about uh, how your journey got started at uh, Case Western. Yes. Yeah, so um, Case Western Reserve University is in Cleveland, Ohio. It's uh, world renowned as a research institution, which is why I decided to go there, because I wanted to do research and get into the labs right away. Um, I love that lab work. It translated over to um, my time with Unilever, studying skin, where I fell in love with brands and brand marketing, um, then went to the University of Illinois to uh, get my MBA. And um, really enjoyed the marketing that I learned there. Some really smart people. It's it's so fun when you're in an MBA program, you learn as much from the students who are sitting next to you as the professors in front of you. Um, we had a great class from all over the world. So uh, with many different backgrounds. Um, now, if I remember when we chatted a bit before, there was, was there a, a break between undergraduate and uh, MBA where you went and worked for Unilever for a period of time? Yes, I did two years in their R&D division studying skin, um, molecular cellular biology, and um, which is a great experience. I love working in the lab. It was um, and a really wonderful way to understand a global company and get exposed to uh, the concept of branding, not only in the United States, but around the world. Hmm. 
So now, so you worked in in the labs and had to, uh, got some great experience and uh, and uh, had a great opportunity at Unilever. Now, what what made you if you're enjoying the labs, working at Unilever, which is a large mm-hmm. company, what made you decide to switch gears a bit or, or go back and uh, pursue the the MBA? Well, I, I think at that point, most people, when they finish undergrad and they get their first job, they need to decide where they want the rest of their career to go. So, you know, a lot of options out there, are med school, law school, you know, a master's, PhD. And um, I've always been attracted to how businesses work and fascinated with the number of companies. Um, you know, I put myself through undergrad working in a factory building cars. So understanding the entire just-in-time system, um, Kanban system, seeing how an assembly line works in real life and the supply chain, they're fascinating. I've worked in restaurants, I've worked in retail, um, I've worked in offices, I've done temp work. So being able to see how all these different businesses work by the time I had just graduated from undergrad, I really understood that this wasn't then, you know, this was the next step in my journey, but that I needed to keep going and um, definitely getting an MBA at that time because of how heavy my STEM undergrad was, <laughs> was the right move um, to transfer into a new industry. And I, I think a lot of people um, at that age need to think about that. If you are going to move into a new industry, it's not that you're not bringing all of those skills that you've already learned and that they won't help you in that new industry. But sometimes you do need to think about what it will take to really become a master of that industry. Is it an apprenticeship? You know, is it, is it you know, working with an entrepreneur and really on a startup where you get to learn in the field? Is it getting a degree, getting a certification? Um, there's so many more options, I think, now than there were, you know, decades ago about how you can shift into a new industry. Hmm. No, I mean, that makes uh, that makes perfect sense. So, so now you say, okay, I'm gonna, you know, or get some of that additional experience, go in the or get the MBA. You go to University of Illinois, you get that, or spend a couple of years getting the MBA. Um, come out of the MBA, and how did you kind of decide where you're gonna go from there? Was it, hey, I'm gonna go back and work in the labs. I'm gonna go and work in corporate. I'm gonna go start my own business somewhere in between. So, how did you kind of, as you're getting that next uh, phase of your journey and with education, how did you figure out the next step? Um, the next step was very clear. I love brand marketing. It was, I love CPG. So working in consumer packaged goods um, as, as a brand marketer means that you get to touch every aspect of that product from the PL, managing the budgets, R&D, of course, but also advertising, market research, product design, supply chain, um, you know, factories, manufacturing, uh, new product development. It's it's really wonderful because you get to sit at the center of that hub and find a way to make all of it work well together and really get that whole brand team from, you know, everyone who's working on that brand working well together. Um, so I went to a couple of different companies in health and beauty, food and beverage, hard goods, um, to really learn about what consumer packaged goods um, the industry looks like and how it functions and what the best practices are. No, it sounds like a good next step to there to your journey. So now how long were you in the the CPG industry? How long did you work there and kind of over or what span of, of different companies? Yeah, it was a handful of years. So at the time I was also getting asked by friends and other, 
you know, people I knew through work to help their friends. A lot of them entrepreneurs, business owners on the side. So I had a nice side hustle, um, just helping with business coaching, career coaching. And after, you know, a handful of years, it became apparent that that was going to offer me a little more flexibility lifestyle wise. Um, so, and you know, you have to plan out. It was very difficult for uh, my husband and I to even take a three-day weekend because our work schedules were so, we're not matching up at all. So we had to figure out something to um, gain a little more control over our lifestyle, a little more flexibility. Um, going, And I really enjoyed the work. And there's a lot of energy when you work with an entrepreneur, as, as you know very well. And um, it's very exciting and fun and challenging. So um, so it didn't take me too long to shift into that. No. So, so now did you decide, okay, so you said, Hey, one, I want to spend more time with the family, with the, the with the mm -hmm. husband, I, you know, I want to maybe shift gears a bit. Now, how did, yeah. did you, or did just directly make the connection? Hey, I want to go into this, you know, coaching, mentoring, mm -hmm. consulting Avenue. And that was, you know, a readily apparent or kind of, did you take a little while to evolve into that or to figure out what that would look like for you? Walk, kind of walk us through how you transition. Cause, mm -hmm. cause you know, a lot of times you're in big corporate business, you're in you're working for others. You have your mm -hmm. area of expertise, your specialty, and as a, you know, certainly a different animal to now go over and start your own business and start or managing everything yourself. So kind of walk us through a little bit of, of how that, or how that uh, played out. Well, it's very interesting. When you're a brand marketer, you're essentially running your own company. You like I had hundred million dollar brands, a couple of them in a row that I was running, and um, I kept getting. I moved to different companies, was getting uh, recruited. Um, I had recruiters calling me all the time to move to different companies. So, um, so it was fun doing that. Uh, at the same point, um, it wasn't that hard to decide. I recognized that the way I was applying my brand knowledge, my marketing knowledge to business coaching was very unique and different. And um, almost, uh, it was at the time before personal branding was really being talked about too much. The, the term was coined in like 1997, but even, even at that point, no one was really talking about personal branding. And the way I looked at helping people and coaching them was if I could get the entrepreneur the owner to really understand who they were and what their brand represented, they would be more successful with their startup. They would be more successful with their company because they would understand how to communicate why their product, their service was going to be exactly what their ideal consumer needed. Hmm. No, make, makes sense. So now you have that realization, say, okay, I can do this and this is the direction I'm going to go. Now you jump over to doing your own business. Now, what, what kind of period or when was, when did this occur? When did you make that jump? Kind of give us an idea as to. About you know, two decades ago. Yeah, it was about two decades ago. And um, it's interesting when you're, when you are coaching and helping others, it took me, you know, it takes you years to really refine your methodology. So I have a very clear method of how I work with people, how I help them, but that took time to build. And it took a lot of research and reading and um, definitely, you know, continuing education. You're always learning and always trying to improve so that my services as a coach would get better and better. So now, we, so I started this a couple or a couple decades ago, which is, as you said, mm -hmm. been in the game for a while, been doing it. 
Now, when you first started out, did everything play out exactly as you thought it would? And it was a successful no. <laughs> business and it took off as a rocket ship and you had money raining down from the sky or walk oh. us through a little bit over the, that 20 year period as to, to how the business has no, evolved. No. It is, you know what, it, it is really hard starting a small business. And there's, at the time, I didn't know a lot of people who were, besides the people I was helping, I didn't know a lot of people who were running successful small businesses or had had the opportunity to scale. So there's so much you need to learn about budgeting, you know, how to do your marketing, how to do outreach, um, simple organization of accounting, you know, legally, like business-wise, like what business law do you need to know in order to operate, um, how many clients you need, how to manage your schedule. Um, and at that time, it, we didn't have the luxury of Zoom to, you know, make calls. We didn't have all this support software that we have now that makes it so much easier. So really, um, yeah, there's a lot of aspects that you have to get right. So yeah, the first the first few years, to say the least, are a bit bumpy, <laughs> but um, it's been worth it. I, I I I think it's definitely worth it. But you know, being open to asking advisors for help is so important at those early stages. No, I, I couldn't agree more. So so now you've been doing this for 20 years. So kind of walk us through where is the business at today? How's it been going? Kind mm -hmm. of what direction is it now in? And, you know, where do you see things headed? Yeah, so uh, about six months ago, I was recruited by a national C-suite advisory firm, Newport LLC. Um, I'd met um, through networking and the private directors association where I was taking a board certification class, um, one of my current partners, and he said, you, you would be great at this. And we want you to interview to become a partner with a firm. Um, at the time I was, I was not looking for work or to become part of an organization. I'm was very happy and my business was going quite well. So I little hesitant, but then I recognized the benefits of having a team of really smart people from across all industries across the United States to lean on. Um, so my, my business has grown in that direction and changed. Um, where I see it headed next is, you know, really being able to help more people through, through having an extend, extended network. No, and it sounds like it's uh, or figured out a good position and uh, grown the business and, and and evolved it to where it's at today and been a, mm -hmm. a fun journey. So, well, now as we've kind of reached the the present day of your journey and even are even looking a little bit into where it's uh, headed, uh, great time to transition to the the two questions I always ask at the end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now. Um, so the first question I always ask is: Along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made, and what'd you learn from it? I think the worst business decision I ever made was um, to not start networking sooner and not to spend more time. There's there's really a, a delicate balance of how you spend your time as a solopreneur, as an entrepreneur, um, as a business owner on business development. So I understanding um, how to do that level of sales you know, selling your services earlier on and really working that network. I wish I would have had, oh my gosh, the resources. Um, since then I have hired, I hired a sales business coach and did um, some pretty intensive work for a few years that helped a lot. 
Um, so it, it's always easy when you're working in your business to forget that you need to work on your business. And if I wish I had had more um, sales coaching and networking coaching early on. No, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's a hard thing, you know, or it's a hard balance in, in the sense that you get into your business, you have lots of things that you would need to or, or want to get done. And so you focus on, hey, what are the tasks done? What do I need to do to keep the clients, you know, taken care of and make sure everything is juggled and managed. And yet, you you know, sometimes then you push off the things that are the longer term things that take to build a business, which are need to network, need to continually be outreaching and looking for new customers and clients and selling and uh, marketing and otherwise promoting the business. And so it's always that balance and figuring it out. And it's uh, always a, you know, easy place to make mistakes, but a great place to learn from. So it sounds like a, a good one for you as well. Second question now that I like to ask is now, if you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, get, get your professionals nailed down. So make sure you have an accountant, make sure you have a business attorney. Um, like in your, like you have their card, you've talked to them at least once briefly because you don't know what, uh, difficulties are going to come up both financially or legally when you're growing your business. And if you don't have a trusted advisor to go to, and I'd say the third person would be to get a, a coach or a business advisor um, to lean on when those questions come up, because not having, um, you know, not having someone who's been there, who understands which red flags to look for, or you know which hurdles you need to get around, or how to get around them, uh, can be very difficult. Hopefully, you don't need to use them, or you don't need to call them right away or very often. But um, but having those trusted professionals, um, you know, just a phone call away, really important. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And uh, you know, you even you can't even if you wanted to be, you couldn't be an expert in everything and uh, have those. So if or as those needs arise, that you're able to reach out, get someone that knows you know, has a background, has experience, been through it, done it, and, and knows, uh, you know, how to avoid some of the pitfalls and which direction that may be advisable uh, can definitely be beneficial to the business. So I think it's a, a great piece of advice. Well, now as we uh, wrap up the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Um, of course, I'm on LinkedIn. I spend a majority of my day contacting people through LinkedIn. Um, so look for Heather H. Bennett. The company I work for is Newport LLC. And I have a personal website, heatherhbennett.com, which is always a great way to uh, reach out and has resources to help business owners. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, uh, support a great, uh, great business. If nothing else, make a new best friend. So with that, thank you again, Heather, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you the listeners that are out there, if you have your own journey to share and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. A couple more things as listeners, make sure to click share, subscribe, and leave us a review. Helps us to reach even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey to success. And on that note, if you ever need help with your patents or trademarks or anything else along your journey, feel free to reach out to us. Just go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to chat. Well, thank you again, Heather, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you so much, Devin. It's been a pleasure.